0: What's happening, guys? It's Pete Mundo here at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We took the radio show, turn it into a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you haven't yet, give us a rating, a review, and subscribe. And if you do that and you send me an email and a screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, you got a free Heartland College Sports koozie coming your way. It's a good deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Mundo back on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. College Always appreciate you joining us and uh, being a part of the show. And we now welcome in JP Scott. He's a writer at Athlon Sports. Of course, uh, the site does a great job of covering everything college football. Also, uh, site co-expert at Slap the Sign. Those guys involved with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, part of FanSided. So, JP, want to start off with some big picture stuff here as it relates to the Big Twelve. I firmly believe that this conference has had a really good couple of years. And yes, of course, we're a Big 12-based outlet. But I still believe it's been a great couple of years for this conference and uh, getting some credibility back, bringing back the championship game, revenues are up, uh, getting Oklahoma in a, big, in a college football playoff. How do you foresee from a more national perspective this conference as it relates to the rest of the conferences?
1: I think just on the field, um, just competitively, I think this conference is comparable to you, you know your upper echelon to your SEC, your Big Ten. It's right there with those guys. If you look at the top five teams in the Big Twelve, at least the top five that most people project: Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, TCU, and Oklahoma State. I mean, those those five teams can play anybody. You've got uh, on on West Virginia, you've got one of the top uh, one of the top Heisman contenders in Will Greer. Um, TCU, year in and year out, they've become a force um oklahoma state they might have a little bit of a down year because of what they've lost this year but they're always in the mix and of course you've always got the sooners there and then you've got the prestige of texas when, when they get back they're going to be fine so i think the perception on the field when they actually play is better than some of the some of the noise and and uh maybe i guess you'd use the word discombobulation going on off the field um and you even look at some of the like the uh, the up-and-coming teams i mean kansas state's always good but you got uh iowa state making a move you know with, with getting new hope uh new coach there there's talent all over the field for them they're a team that can make a move and, and only strengthen this conference's perception nationally
0: J.P. Scott, Athlon Sports, joining us also at uh, slapthesign.com. So, J.P., when, when you look at you know this conference, and I, I'm totally with you there in terms of those top five teams being able to play with anybody in the, uh, in the country, I also think the Big 12 doesn't get enough credit for the fact that they play a true round-robin schedule year in, year out. I mean, you compare this to the SEC and the Big Ten. You know, Alabama might play a team from the SEC, I think it's, what, once every seven years or twice every seven years you're getting a true champion year in, year out in the big 12 conference.
1: I like it. I liken it to some of the old school basketball conferences and some of what's going on right now. I'm, I'm a big East basketball guy and I love that we have 10 teams. And it's one of the thing, things that makes me not want to expand bigger than that. Um, you play everybody, you, you get a feel for who actually really is the champion. Um, you know, you see that in the big Ten a lot and then football with the crossovers. Um, sometimes the team in the West will have a real easy shot, a really easy path to the uh, the big 10 championship game because they really just play the West and then they'll luck out and, the, and they'll miss the big hitters on the East and they'll, and they'll slide in there. Um, you don't get that in the big 12. I mean, you got to play everybody. And then, you know, when you get to that big 12 championship game, it's somebody you've already faced. And I think that makes the dynamic more interesting as well. It's always going to be a rematch in that title game.
0: Well JP uh, now on that topic, you're based up in Omaha. So I assume you got a lot what? of Cornhuskers fans around you.
1: I'm surrounded by Cornhuskers on on three sides and uh, Iowa Hawkeyes on one side.
0: <laughs> well, be honest with us then. How much does the Nebraska fan base uh, miss the Big Twelve and miss some of those rivalries? Because I think I got to be honest. I think they're totally irrelevant sitting in that Big Ten West.
1: So I had this discussion actually with a booster the other day, and uh, he, he begrudgingly agreed with me. Um, I think some of the older fans miss the Big Twelve. I, I, I think the younger fans don't really care. I, I think it's long enough ago now where They've not really forgotten it, but they just—you know—they're past it. Um, But in reality, I think that move, Nebraska moving out of the Big Twelve into the Big Ten—if you look at every sport across the board, not just football, um, on the field—I don't think it was a good decision. Yes, they're going to make a ton of money. I I saw that the uh, the share, the payout share for BTN Network is uh, like fifty-one million this year for each school. Uh, So financially, it makes sense. But competitively, you you look at even even dig down to like a wrestling team to where, you know, when they're in the Big 12, they were relevant. They're you know going against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You know, it was a smaller conference, and I know it's since expanded. But you move from the Big 12 into the Big 10, which is the elite wrestling conference in the country. Now, all of a sudden, Nebraska goes from being somebody to nobody overnight. Same thing happened, you know, with football. Um, They they used to run the Big 12 north for a long time, and then they they move into the Big 10 west. I think they thought they were going to run the west, but nobody saw Wisconsin coming. And uh, and so now they're just treading water like everybody else. And then where it has hit them the most is their baseball program. Um, The Big 12 is still a respectable baseball conference. The Big 10 just simply is not. And, And recruits see that in a Nebraska program that used to be pretty competitive nationally. They're struggling to make the Big Ten tournament every year.
0: And, you know, you bring up the money perspective. I get it. The SEC and the Big Ten are making more money than some of these other conferences. But when you factor in the Tier 3 rights, uh, JP, you actually come to the realization that teams like Texas and Oklahoma, they're right there, if not making more than the Big Ten and the SEC schools in some instances. So I, I just, I'm looking at this from the Nebraska standpoint, and I'm sure like the, the 18-year-old kid doesn't really care. But you also think about losing that pipeline to Texas on some of those recruits that they had and the fact that they've been in this Big Ten West, which has been irrelevant and pretty bad outside of Wisconsin, and somehow Nebraska has not taken advantage of that.
1: Right, and I, and I think you know, that's the main goal in bringing in Frost. and you know, Of course, time will tell. Um, right now, it looks like you know, he's got the look and feel that he knows what he's doing, more so than any of the coaches they've hired uh, since they let uh, Frank Solich go. It looks like he, he's, he's got the look of a guy who's going to write the ship. But, again, you know, he's going to run an offense that historically um, that offense has been limited in success. We saw Rich Rodriguez run a variation of that uh, years ago in Michigan, and there was like a season and a half where they did really well, but once everybody adjusted to it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was that. Um, yeah, I, I think Nebraska can get back, but Frost has to work really hard on reestablishing them as a national brand because right now they're just not. Um, you know Frost himself is a national brand because of the success he had at UCF and the attention. All the attention that UCF gets, the more they get, the more it helps. More, the more that helps Frost. Absolutely. And so he he's he's the guy that he needs to plant his flag and, and establish Nebraska as a national brand again. If he can't do that. Um, it's just going to be more of the same. They'll, you know, they'll rotate at the top of that West, but I think that that's where they'll top out.
0: JP Scott Athlon Sports and uh, SlapTheSign dot com joining us here. So uh, let's talk about a team in the Big Twelve that's also trying to get a bounce back, and that's the Texas Longhorns under Tom Herman year two. A lot of close losses last year, uh, but they also lose a lot of guys off of that defense that helped keep them in contention. So. When you look at this Texas team, and we've said this, it feels like every year for the past eight, nine years, and it just hasn't turned out to be the case. Is this finally the year in your eyes that Texas does turn the corner?
1: I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's it's Herman's Herman's second year, right? So, I, I don't know. I look at the talent they have coming back. They, they've got some upperclassmen, but I don't know that he's got a full um, a full generation of his own recruits ready to go in there and perform. The other thing you've got to worry about, too, it's just the overall evolution of the game. And, and going back to Nebraska, this impacted them as well. But the, the demographic evolution and, and the conference realignment part, uh, when Texas was good, when Texas was rolling, TCU wasn't around. Um, Texas Tech, is you know they've always kind of been off to the side. But the other big thing is Texas A&M going to the SEC. So now if you're a Texas kid and you want to stay home but play in the SEC, you can go play for Texas A&M. Or in that Dallas Metro, it used to be, If you're a Dallas Metro kid, you want to play big-time football in Texas, you've got to go to A&M or Longhorns. Now you can stay home right there in town and go to TCU. So I think those two things are impacting Texas. Can Texas get back to the top? Sure, but it's going to be a lot harder today than it might have been 10 or 15 years ago.
0: JP, you know, you you bring up TCU, of course, being an addition to this conference, and, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't want TCU in the Big 12 for that very reason, that they would create, uh, especially with Gary Patterson leading that team, they would create more competition for the Texas and the Texas A&Ms of the world um, and the Baylors of the world, and that's exactly what they've done, like you have pointed out, so... When you think you know, down the road one day of conference expansion, I know we're nowhere close to it there right now, but it's June, so let's talk about it. Uh, what do you see the next major shift being whenever that time does come down the road for a conference realignment and/or expansion? Um, what, what's going to happen? I have no
1: clue what's going to happen. Uh, as far as what would make sense to me, um, unfortunately, it, it does involve it probably wouldn't involve breaking up the big 12. I could see the southern teams in the Big Twelve um, splitting off. Some of them going to the to the SEC, some going to the Pac twelve, and uh, and the North.
0: Now, why wouldn't see- now JP? Let me interrupt you there. Why wouldn't the Pac twelve <laughs> break up? Because it seems like that's the most vulnerable conference with a with a network that's complete garbage. Yeah, that's a
1: good point, and and, and you could see maybe not even a breakup, but you could see some sort of like a maybe a merger of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so say say the teams that used to make up the Big 12 South would basically like merge with I don't know the, the Pac 12 South or something like that or or all of the Pac 12 and that's what I'm saying it's just tough to tell because you know you've got everybody coming out saying well we're not breaking up we're not going anywhere we've got these teams locked in for this long it's just very difficult I, I think logistically and and if you look at a map here it it seems like a lot of your um a lot of your Big 12, the Northern Big 12 teams, could be fits in the Big 10. It looks like that. But then you've also got teams like your Kansases who, at some point, they've got to figure out what they are. Are, are they a basketball school? Are they a, are they a basketball school that also has a football team? Do they want their football team to be competitive? And, and they, they have a decision to make down the road, too. I've said for a long time they might have to do what UConn did. And, you know, and, and start looking at the American Conference or something like that because I don't know that anybody wants their football team when, when push comes to shove and, and, and the next uh, realm of conference expansion comes over us. Um, if, if Iowa State wouldn't have done what they've done recently and, and make strides to improve, they'd probably be in the same boat. So it's, it's real tough to tell. Your, your traditional football schools, um, your, your Texas, your Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and even your TCU, I think they're going to be fine. Those are going to be... Those are going to be teams that people want to have in their conference, and and realistically now, I mean, they could go anywhere. You look at West Virginia traveling across the country just to play in the Big Twelve. I don't know that geography matters that much anymore. But you've got those four schools, I think, would be safe, and everybody else, it could get real interesting. So, I, I, sorry, I don't have a good answer for that, but uh, because it's a very, it's an interesting question, and I'm fascinated to see it play out.
0: Yeah, we are fascinated and ready for the, uh, for the start of the season. No doubt about that. It's going to be a, a lot of fun because, uh, you know, for us, call it football nuts. Now's the time of year that we're sitting here just uh, licking our chops, trying to get everything going. He's J.P. Scott. You can find him on Twitter as well at the dot uh, slapthesign.com, part of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan-sided network and Athlon Sports as well. J.P., thanks so much for a few minutes. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem, Pete. Thanks for having me on. Good insight there to J.P. Scott. And once again, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Can't thank you enough for doing that. And uh, we'll talk to you very soon.